when I got hired. When you feel your voice is not being heard, please consider calling the host of Thoughts, Love, and Reflections. The show wants to be the vehicle you can use to express your opinion or get your issue out to a larger audience. We're living in a time that we can no longer allow others to speak on our behalf. If you wish to be a guest on the show and discuss on the show what's important to you, call James T. Deshaye at 407-394-9819. Your issue or focus can be placed on the calendar. The show is live seven days a week. We can no longer reside in the shadow of life. It's imperative that we're on top of the issues that impact our lives now and in the future. Stereotypes are the false descriptions for all of humanity. James T. Deshaye is the author of two great poetry books that attempt to describe life from a male perspective. It has been a common belief that men are unable to put into words their deepest feelings and spend most of their time focused on the surface of what life means. Thoughts, love, and reflections, and passion, desire, and contemplation take you on a journey that has very few travelers. Mr. Deshaye has opened his heart and spirit up in ways that few have ever experienced. The depth of his poetry will have you reading his books and poems 
over and over again. You will find yourself using his passages to describe your own feelings to your family and friends. It is now time to put aside your thoughts and feelings related to the depth of men's thoughts and delve deeply into the words of James T. Deshaies. Once again, he will put an end to your thoughts that men can't translate their heartfelt spirit into words. Both of these books will allow you to find comfort in the reality of the heart of men. You will spend hours trying to embrace the way men want to love and display their passion to the women they love. Don't be fooled by those books that create love through words of lust, vulgarity, and unhealthy displays of sexual activities. You will discover the types of words that will allow you to rejoice in the future of what love truly means to men. Your book clubs and families will be able to discuss these words without fear. No one will have to leave the room. Both of these books can be purchased at jamestdeshay2.com and lulu.com. Feel free to reach out to the author at tlreflectionsjtd at gmail.com. This is James T. Deshay, the host of Thoughts, Love, and Reflection, brought to you by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. I want to, first of all, just uh, ask uh, that I want to thank you all for allowing me to have a, a short breather uh, to get some things uh, uh, taken care of. And uh, I want you to know my mind and thoughts were with you the entire time in my absence. And I want to make sure that those are uh, very few and in between uh, that I find myself off the air uh, because there is just so much to talk about. Uh, and, uh, I, you know, this is one of those moments when I can't, you know, coming back today, I just had to get back because uh, we are living in a crisis of which I have never seen before. Uh, where people are living as though they are not responsible for their actions. And to have a president that is so blatantly blind uh, to his uh, disgrace is unbelievable. Um, It is almost like uh, you have a man in office who is determined that he's going to stay here and he will lie his way the whole way through no matter what. And uh, the chips are stacking up against him, and he is as truly in denial, uh, like most of the GOP, uh, that just uh, continue to make excuses uh, for him. Um, Judges are accepting people's um, guilty pleas for the uh, breaking laws, and then they want to say, well, what he... uh, what he said he did was not even a crime. And so I guess in in uh, Donald Trump's world, paying uh, his women, his extra affairs off uh, with money from his campaign is, uh, is not uh, a criminal offense. And trying to hide it uh, isn't. And uh, I think we just Manafort just got found guilty of hiding money. So I'm not sure where this is, is going. Uh, D, what, what are your thoughts about it? It's almost laughable that the GOP are still trying to make excuses uh, for Donald Trump. 
Well, good evening, James, and uh, welcome back. And sorry, very sorry for texting you on your days off. Uh, some of this stuff I just had to had to vent and get off my chest, and uh, I couldn't find nobody else nobody nobody else to call and and to text but James. So thanks for responding when you did. <laughs> uh, you know, it it appears to me that um, first of all, uh, Donald Trump is drunk. Off, he's drunk off power. Uh, uh, he was handed the presidency of the United States. Um, the simple-minded people of his uh, supporters actually just gave him the keys to everything, uh, not knowing and not paying enough attention to who his um, acquaintances were. Uh, in all of that, uh, that put us in this quagmire that we're in. Uh, as far as these excuses that they seem to come up with, uh, they seem to save these excuses for themselves. Uh, you know, we've always said that the laws of this country was meant to protect them from us, people of color and people in the lower economic stature of things. And so when uh, one of their own is ensnared in the in the justice system, uh, and in the laws of this country, then they go into their reserve of excuses um, to say that, oh, he was a good man, and I can't understand why everybody's giving him such a hard time. When if it was anybody else in recent history that we all are aware of, they'd be ready to throw you under the bus. So, again, uh, the example is blatant that the double standard is alive and well. And, uh, and unfortunately, it's more to come of that, so uh, just stand by. Uh, Gretchen, I am so happy and pleased to have you here with me to give me your uh, thoughts related to this. Uh, it, it just seems to be amazing when you have a cancer that you invited into your body, and it shows you the destruction that it can do. Uh, but yet you want to to make excuses for it, for the detriment that it's causing. And so we have the GOP who uh, fought hard and got out and voted and put this man into office, now realizing he comes with a lot of baggage and a lot of embarrassment, uh, but they want to believe that it doesn't exist. Uh, white America is determined to show the world that it didn't make a mistake. Uh, but Donald Trump is committed uh, to showing them who, true, who he truly is. And yet, uh, you, we don't remember the time where a black uh, guy in the GOP uh, got tossed out just because he made an inappropriate request of a white female. And so now we got a man who paying off hookers and porn stars. So uh, it seems like there's a serious difference in the way people are being treated. <clears throat> Good evening, James. <laughs> I'm glad to talk. Um, I'm trying to pick and choose some of what I have to say because I have to say a lot. But I, and I'm going to say probably something that you may or may not agree with, but this is what I have to say about him. 
he's getting exactly what he wants by us giving him all of this airtime and all of this Twitter space and all, you know, everything. You know, my show is an hour long, and if I have to, I give him 15 minutes. But I don't let him dominate my show. That's what he wants. That's He keeps stirring the pot because if he's not, if you're not talking about him, if he's not high up on the, and I used to be a TV news producer, so if he's not high up in, like, the top stories, he's not happy. So he's going to stir up stuff, whether it's going to Twitter, Twitter and talking about certain people like a dog, or if he's, you know, one minute he's your, he's these people's friend that are, that are, you know, on trial. And the next minute he's talking about them, like, you know, there's some bad people or whatever, whatever it is. If he's not getting his attention, um, he's not happy. And by us giving him all of this time, um, you know, we're doing his job for him. I say, yeah, we need to call him out on some stuff. We need to deal with it in an effective manner. And then we need to go on about our business because there's so much other stuff going on. There's so many things. There was a story that came out a couple weeks ago about us being a civilized country, an industrialized nation or whatever, and having one of the highest rates of death among women in childbirth. You know, like, you know, we're really ranked low on the totem pole in in, in terms of being able to take care of this stuff. It was on the news on, I want to say Good Morning America or something where I read it or saw it. And then it was on CBS Sunday morning about a week and a half ago. You can look it up, CBS Sunday morning, and they'll talk, the story will be there. But we, and, and there was a doctor on that show that talked about how, we don't want to acknowledge it and people don't want to say it, but black women have a higher death rate in childbirth or after childbirth in this country than anybody else. Okay. And this was not a black doctor that was saying this. All right. But we don't, I've heard it twice in the past two weeks and that's it. These are some of the issues that we need to focus on, especially if no one, they said part of the reason is no one is listening to a black woman when she says I have a problem or I have issues um, in, in terms of carrying my child. And the guy that was on there that was the first example was a black man who lost his woman. They got two children. He lost his, his wife when the second child was born. We have to take care of our own issues, and we have to identify people in the upcoming elections, we got to identify someone that's going to be a serious candidate um, to take over the White House and deal with the issues of our country, the serious issues, the, the, the dealing with life issues, okay? Not just the fact that he ticked off somebody and, and, and they're testifying against him and, and, you know, and he paid somebody some money. I'm not saying that's not important. But I'm saying we need to put things into perspective, and he's doing his best to distract us from the, what the important things are that we got to get done. Uh, Gretchen, I, I really hear you, and I know that there are people on my show who agree with you. In fact, I got uh, someone on who 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 tells us all the time we need to to uh, forget about Donald Trump. But I'm gonna say to you that there is some things that you cannot allow. A person to do, and right. there, the power that Donald Trump has 
is completely destroying our country. And what I mean by that is there have always been people who were concerned about the fact that this was just a story that was being put out in regards to uh, our Constitution. That our Constitution was not real. It was fabricated. Um, That voting didn't matter. And when you allow people like Donald Trump uh, to go on without uh, criticizing him or trying to do whatever is necessary to get rid of him, it lends itself to those who truly don't believe in, in our democracy. And sometimes we have to do what is necessary to save the democracy that was created for all of us. And you're right, those those issues you talk about are important. And uh, we are never going to deal honestly with the death rate in our country. 30,000 people dying from gun violence is, is not acceptable. But we have to have someone who is the leader of our country that people can truly believe in. And uh, when we have uh, what is going on right now, it is just uh, just disrespectful to the n- nature of the office. And to have a man in office uh, of this nature, just understand my anger and disapproval comes from the fact that Barack Obama couldn't could not have done any of this. It, 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 it would be a whole nother ball game if Barack Obama had been involved with a prostitute or a porn star and paid them $180,000 uh, to close their mouth. And so we cannot have this double, double standard where people are allowed uh, to make a mockery of the office of president. And uh, Kathy, I know you're there, and and, uh, again, I know that you have told us many times that there are things that we need to think about. But I'm just asking, at what point is enough enough uh, where we have a a person making a mockery of our criminal uh, and justice system to the point where they're telling the judge that what he is allowing a person uh, to... um, to agree to is not even a crime. Good afternoon, James, and welcome back. And I'm glad that you had Dee to talk to during your time off so you guys can discuss this issue and allow us, me and the young lady before me, to talk about something other than Mr. Trump. Um, Again, We need to, like she said, push him to the side, pray for him, because only God, we know that we can, so we know that only God can change that man and that he's going to be out in the sandbox doing what he wants to do and nobody has been able to do anything and nobody is going to be able to do anything but the Lord. So until the Lord say it's time, then it's going to be time. So my issue is that I'm getting ready to go – to Flint, Michigan, on uh, uh, one of our uh, outings where we're going to be doing some volunteer work. And it comes to our attention that there's still not water in certain communities. 
So I mm. think that will be something that we can talk about. You know, they the people in Flint and Detroit still do not have the right water. They're still um, uh, distributing water on certain days from churches and uh, other organizations. But that that should be something that we should be talking about. These people still do not have water, and I believe that Nestle actually has a um, uh, a building there, but they are not even allowing those people to get water from them for free, but are making the people pay for it. So I'll have more information once we get down there and, you know, get in the depth of things. But I'm saying that's something that, that has been pushed under the rug. You know, we thought that from our donations and us giving and the people going out there giving the water, that those people have water, but they still do not have water. And I, and I and I um understand because you you know and I don't want to think of it as a gender bias kind of thing, but having the right man in office would lend itself to answering some of those questions. I just you know and and understand that uh, D has on several occasions taken a step back because he felt as though. Uh, it was just getting to the point where it was just getting on his nerves. But I'm just saying, I, I don't. Un- I have to tell you, I don't understand how you ladies uh, can can sit back and not be a little angry about a man who thinks his his way of getting rid of his bad publicity is to just pay people off and uh, let other people go to jail all around him without him making uh uh being touched by it. So D, you know, I uh I know that I had I didn't want to believe this man would make it through his his first uh term and uh it looks as though he might not. Uh but these ladies are ready and prepared to just uh, ignore him. Well, uh you know, I I I understand where Ms. Gretchen is coming from, and she has a valid point uh, in that um, Donald Trump does uh, crave attention. Uh, I have been a victim of that by him because it's actually getting into football season. And I have not, I don't have any idea uh, who's going where, uh, who's, uh, who's uh, has the most promise in going to the Super Bowl or anything. Because surely Donald Trump has taken up all the airtime, so uh, there there is some there is some credence in what she says right there. Now and also when Miss Kathy uh, agrees with her and 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 you mentioned it also, James, that uh, to alleviate some of these problems that we have as a community, uh, we uh, should be uh, we should have a good idea of who is coming up. Uh, to take the place of who's a who's a viable candidate being mentioned to alleviate us of some of these problems. Uh, he's giving us a, a good game plan on how to alleviate us from some of these problems. But uh, in all of that, uh, my problem, my problem, and you know, you've heard me say this before, my problem ain't is not necessarily with Donald Trump because see, Donald Trump is who he is. He showed us who he is. Uh, when we had 19 other uh, GOP candidates on the stage. 
My problem is the people that support him and who was able to turn, who was willing to turn a blind eye to his character and still elect him as being president because they thought that they, they thought that they, there they had come for them to step up and turn America back to where it was. See, that's my problem. It ain't necessarily Donald Trump. Donald Trump is the buffoon that we all know who he is. All right, point taken. But it's the people and the the 38% or thereabout, which to me in my calculation equates to probably about uh, 95 95 million people. Okay, Uh, it is the the pool that they have, even after he's going to be ousted, if that were be, if that be the case, even after he's ousted out of office, this 95 million people still has the uh, the mindset to overthrow the democracy as we know it, and and you know when and and the fact that they spend so much time talking about the deep state. See, the deep state it does exist, but it's not who they say it is. The deep state is them with Rush Limbaugh and Sean Hannity and these people who've been spewing out hate for 25 years, you know. And so that's that's where my problem lies. And so when Miss Kathy speaks about that we got to pray for all of those involved, well, she's absolutely right. Because the blinders, people still don't understand what it is that we're looking at. Because they, most people look at things at, at face value. When they don't look deep enough, deep, further than the forest in front of them to see what's on the other side. So the deep state, again, is is them, the alt-right movement, which used to be the Tea Party, that, that never got over the fact that they didn't get what they want. So, yeah, it's there, but don't nobody know who they are. Don't nobody really recognize them. Thank you. Uh, Gretchen and uh, Kathy, I want you all to to know that we have to be able to uh, to walk and chew gum and I know that's a one of those terms that coaches use. You know, when you got to do more than one thing at a time, you, you in, on the football field and the basketball field, on basketball court. But the problem is, is that for me, just like D said, the picture is bigger than uh, just Donald Trump. We have a segment of the white America. Uh, that wants to go back to a time when we were not at the table. And there is enough of us out here who are going to live okay and survive no matter what. Uh, But the issue becomes, for me, I'm fighting for the country as a whole. I don't like being embarrassed on a world stage. I don't like people telling me that they meant wouldn't instead of would as though I don't have common sense. I don't like uh, people uh, making excuses for their criminal behavior. We have a rich white man who was going around the country stealing from people with uh, Donald Trump, the Trump College, and had to pay millions of dollars back to people that he convinced uh, that he could show them how to be millionaires. Now, that's okay 
when you're doing that scam on a small scale scale. But right now he is scamming America and the world with this foolishness that he calls an administration. And I just can't sit idly by and not talk about him and let people know that he ain't he doesn't have me fooled. Um, you keep saying that we're ignoring what he's uh, doing and what he's saying. That's not the case at all. But you've got to understand, you know, I fear for you, James, because I, I don't want to hear that you've had some sort of heart attack or stroke because you've gotten so obsessed and consumed with this man. First of all, he's just a man. Yes, he's in there right now, but He's in there for a season, and if we play our cards right, he's going to be gone, okay? that's We're not saying ignore him. We're saying to put things in perspective, and you have let this man enrage you so much that you are not thinking things through. Number one, if he drops dead tomorrow and he's not the president anymore, you got to look at who's going to take his place, number one. Number two, if he manages to stay in there four years, eight years, whatever, who have we identified as the person that's going to come and clean up the mess that he's left? You have, you, I have yet to hear you identify one good, solid person that can step in and take the reins and say, you know, here I am, let's go. And let's get this mess cleaned up, and let's get things right side up again. Uh, you, you know, all you say, you've got to vent. Okay, fine. Vent, and then go forward. Okay. I mean, you. the, the thing is, James, I, don't, I think you kind of misunderstand um, us as women. You know, we, you know we're the ultimate multitaskers. You know, we're mothers, we're workers, and everything like that. And, you know, and we still manage to, to, you know, use our charms to get you caught up in what we're doing, you know, because we got it like that. God blessed us like that because God knew that men needed a little help in terms of getting some things done. The thing about it is you don't always see us coming, all right? And that's that's the key thing you got to recognize. You can't show your whole hand when you're playing a game, you know. And he's playing a game, and you've got to play your game, and you've got to play it for the long term and not the short term. So, yeah, get mad, show your rage, and everything else. Then what are you going to do about it? What's your game plan? I, I'm waiting for the game plan, James, and I have yet to hear you come up with a solid one. <laughs> and, and let me assure you that having Pence in the office after him is just as despicable as having him there, and you're right. Uh, we don't have a way of getting rid of him and Pence at the same time. And uh, I, I recognize uh, that you uh, made some very points, and Kathy does as well. I mean, Kathy uh, is is all the the year or so of this has been going on. Uh, Kathy has allowed herself uh, some solitude in a place where she doesn't let him take up her whole life. Uh, but I am just convinced that uh, some of us just got to stay on him 24-7 uh, because 
the smoke is getting darker. Uh, you know, and I just, and not only do I want him called out, I want the GOP called out because there is no leadership. There is nobody stepping up. And you're right. We don't have anybody identified uh, long-term uh, to 2020 who could come in on either side and rectify the situation. I used to have some respect for some of the uh, GOP leadership, uh, but now Ron Paul, I have no respect for him and no respect for the others who sit back and watch this man demolish our country with such disrespect. I mean, I'm not sure, uh, you know, again, uh, Kathy, if, you know, you and I and all of us on the show need to be realists. One of these issues would have destroyed uh, Barack Obama's administration. One. You know, and so we allow this man to just make a mockery out of our country, Kathy. Well, the key words you said would have, but it didn't. See, sometimes we use words that um, make it seem bigger than what it actually is. Like, oh, if I would have won the lottery, I would have. But you didn't. I, I had five numbers. I needed that last number. But you didn't. So, I mean, this is not about Barack Obama. This is about our president now. And, again, um, me personally, I'm not going to let him rent that type of space in my head because there are more important things that I can be praying for, that I can be putting my foot to the ground to try to help change. I mean, we everybody knows who this man is. Everybody knows his character. We know to expect things like this from him. Thank God that God has not allowed any major thing to happen to our country. So that's why I said thank God that he hasn't allowed any major things from all the things that he has done. And, yes, there are other people. Every station, if you turn it on, turn on, is talking about Donald Trump, like uh, the young lady said. Everybody is allowing him to be forefront. We need to talk about something else because guess what? God, again, God knows exactly what he's doing. God has a set time, but he wants us, the believers, those that believe in him, to begin to pray against this man. But if we continue to just talk and not pray, then the Lord is going to allow everything to go forth as it has been going forth until we learn our lesson. There's a lesson behind this. This is not just no coincidence. There is a lesson behind this for us, for those that believe, those that say, why is this happening, Lord? Lord, why is it? There is a lesson behind this. There is a lesson and there is a process, and we're going to soon see the process soon. But for right now, just continue to pray and just thank God that nothing major has happened. You know, I, I like that term you said, and I'm going to keep it in mind, and that I'm, I'm allowing Donald Trump to rent space in my brain. And I have to accept that, uh, that he, he has had, he, I don't know how large a portion he's renting, uh, but right now it is a, it's a sweet <laughs> compared to other things. And uh, D, we have to to uh, 
come to an understanding about that. But I don't know if I, I can just relinquish the fact that this man is turning Washington on his head. Here's a guy who said he was going to clear the swamp, and yet his administration is finding itself more involved in criminal activity than in other, any other. And uh, again, you know, you, you're just looking for so many shoes to fall. Will we have the first president to be divorced? Uh, will we have the first president who um, pardons somebody who is immediately um, have, has been put in jail? Manafort is looking at uh, dying in jail right now. He's all he's 69, and they're saying he may get he won't get more than 10 years. Well, for somebody who's 69, 10 years is a long time, and so he too may flip on Donald Trump. Uh, so I, I don't know. Kathy says we're allowing Donald Trump to rent space in our brain. Well, uh, first of all, I want to thank Ms. Gresham for coming back to the show uh, because uh, she brings up some valid points, uh, one of which is uh, uh, in conjunction to what Ms. Kathy said, uh, the role that women play in our lives. Um, in, in my in my life and in my mind's eye, there's not enough attention given that. Uh, you know, uh, we as as a black community have so much work to do on ourselves. Uh, that's one of the issues that we have to come to terms with, uh, in helping young black men understand the role that women play in our lives. Okay, so that being said, all right. So when Ms. Ms. Kathy says that we have to pray for Donald Trump, this, that, and the other, and I don't, I don't mean mean to make light of that, but I want to add on to that is we have to pray for ourselves to not get so consumed in this mess, because to Ms. Kathy's point, Donald Trump and the attention that he craves and the attention that we give him, believe me, is just like a drug. It's the adrenaline that we get off of the subject matter. Now I can prove it because you know most of y'all know I drive for a living. I, I'm a I'm a I'm a delivery person, and my my area is rural, which there's a lot of driving in between stops. And if ever I find myself getting um, uh, tired or sleepy, guess what I do? I go turn on me some Donald Trump. That keeps me awake. Okay. And so it's the, it's the adrenaline that, that's driven behind that subject matter that works. And he knows that. And that's all he cares about. Donald Trump don't care nothing about this country. He care about it. All he cares about is your attention that he's getting. All right. So that being said, so we have to come to terms uh, to know what a little bit is a little bit, and that's enough, and not, not let it consume us because uh, it has. Now, we all know. Most Americans, especially most uh, African Americans, could care less about what we're talking about, especially when it comes down to Donald Trump, because they won't let they won't let themselves lose sleep over over him. And uh, so, yes, um, there is nobody in line. There is we can't identify nobody to, who's going to come behind him and make a difference because that person has not identified themselves. And I got a real problem with that. 
um, you know, going forward, we're in the midterms, and 2020 will be here very shortly. There is nobody up there. There's there's nobody in the mix that can bring about a message that's going to be any different than what we've heard. Now, to Donald Trump, to Donald Trump's credit, if I can say that, uh, he he was right about the swamp. You know, by him being president and, and going in there and thinking that he's going to change things, the covers were snatched off the off the swamp, and you can't see nothing but roaches in uh, in that bed. How one hand shakes the other hand. And everybody is in it for the book. So he was right about that. So um, going forward, you know, it's a lot to be seen. And uh, thank you for your time. Well, one of the things I want to say to all of you is, is that there becomes a pivotal time in history where something is done uh, that will make people remember it forever. And I truly believe that Donald Trump is one of those historical moments. I believe that Donald Trump is the Benedict Arnold of our day and that he will historically become a figure that people talk about in regards to the lack of moral values uh, that we had established and were willing to hold on to. And so, though I believe that uh, my God will overcome all of this, I am rationalizing that Donald Trump is a historic failure uh, to the lack of moral standards and values that our country has displayed. And that white America was so afraid of the browning of America that it wanted to raise its ugly head at least one more time. And that's what I want to, to bring attention to, that we cannot be so afraid and scared of the browning effect that is happening in our country that we don't believe that brown people and white people and all kind of people are going to still want to hold tightly to the American Constitution and believe in American values. But Donald Trump is not an American value. He is the worst there. He is the worst image there is in the world, in the human trait. This man is determined uh, to bring to the normalcy of our country, the normalcy of our beliefs, that you can be the foul kind of person that he is and still be successful. And that's not the image that we want our children to have, Gretchen. Hi, I'm here. I was just um, greeting my husband. He just came home. But um, anyway, you know, I mean, I know what you're saying, James, in terms of the values. Um, the thing is, is that we we got to – this is a teachable moment for all of us in a variety of different ways, okay? We've got to teach our children and everything how to act and not to act. we got to teach our children – what is and what is not acceptable. We got to teach our children what battles can be fought and how and what battles have to be let go or maybe let go for a moment and then come back and be addressed. You know, 
we there's, we've got to teach strategy. We got to teach skill. We got to teach research. We, there's a there's a variety of lessons to be taught. Yes, this is a teachable moment, and we've got to decide what lessons are to be taught and how. But I, you know, like I said, um, it's not that we were not watching him. You know, it's like it's like we always talk about um, our mamas. Man, she must have eyes in the back of her head. Well, we got to develop some eyes in the back of our head and keep watching him, but we got to move forward. You can't let him be the all and all because he's not. Um, and you keep talking about President Barack Obama, who, great president, love him to death, but he's had his time. His season has come and gone, and we have to figure out how we move forward from that season, like I said, who's next? Because he can't come back. We can't bring him back. And he's living his life and enjoying it. In the meantime, Donald Trump, he's doing his time. Um, you know, he's getting his, his pension as president. Nothing we can do about that. Now, where do we go next? We can't just keep running on the hamster wheel. Okay, we got to get off. We got to get out the cage. And we got to do something that's going to make a difference. And I'm still waiting, James, for you to identify someone or, you know, bring some people on the show that can identify someone that we can get behind to change what has gone wrong. And, and you're, you're so right. Um, and one of the things that I think about is, when I think about Kathy and 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 the Kathy's that are around the world who have sons who are valuable to them, but even more valuable than them are the sons and daughters her son is going to have. What kind of America are we going to pass on? Uh, you know, we are at a place where we've never been before, Kathy, where uh, we have uh, not had this to deal with because the presidents prior to now were reasonable thinking individuals. And, uh, but now we're dealing with a lunatic who can impact the lives of not only our children, but our children's children with the reemergence of this hatred that some of white America is willing to display. And I just don't like the fact that we have to preach to our kids on how to survive by giving up their rights to the point that they have to feel like second-class citizens. I want us to remain and move forward to gain the dream that Dr. King talked about. And right now we're just in a stagnant place where we are letting white America reemerge itself with the ugliness that exists in Donald Trump. Well, I beg to differ on that about we're at a stagnant place because I believe that there are so many of us that are moving forward. You may not see all of the people that are moving forward, but I believe people are moving forward. People are opening businesses. People are gaining income. I mean, all kind of things are happening all around the world. So just because uh, Donald Trump is doing what he's doing, it's not stopping 
who we are as a people and our children because, like somebody said, this is a teachable moment. Our kids are learning from this particular person on what it is they need to do and how they need to come together and form someone or some people to stand up or to go and begin to run for office in these different areas. So this is a teachable moment, James. And every time Donald Trump goes on TV and those that watch it who are in the millennial and those younger than them, those are teachable moments for them because they're getting strategies together. They're getting other people, like-minded people together to where they're going to form something. And someone great is going to come out of this. Something great is going to come out of this. I, I personally, I don't, I don't, Everything in my life from the time he came into presidency until this time, we have excelled in everything that we have done because you know why? We don't put our trust in him. We put our trust in God, and whatever God says that we're supposed to have, we are going to have. And I truly uh, want to believe and trust uh, that we're going to get beyond this but what I see right now, Gretchen, is, is that at one point I thought we had turned the corner and that the ugliness of racism was going to be behind us. Uh, but now I realize with the emergence of Donald Trump, it is alive and well, and people are now even willing to display it publicly. And that I'm ready and wanting to try to cut the head off the snake not just for black America, not just for Latino Americans, not let just for uh, for Japanese and Asian Americans, but for all Americans, that we will not have the peace and the tranquility that we should with people like Donald Trump in leadership. You know, it's a matter of, like the, the the saying goes, keeping your eyes on the prize, keep your eye on the prize. Um, he's not the prize, <laughs> and that's why I keep saying, <laughs> you know, I mean, you kind of got to keep him in your peripheral, but you can't take your focus off of what the prize actually is. Part of the problem to me is that we get complacent sometimes. We achieve something and we get happy and we want to celebrate and everything and we keep forgetting that we've just won a battle but not the war. So it's a matter of reminding yourselves, okay, this is a stepping stone. This victory is just a step towards something greater. So like while we had Barack Obama in presidency for eight years. That was an accomplishment, but it was a step. It was one step. As monumental, and you know we have sometimes big stepping stones, little stepping stones, whatever. It was a step. And we've forgotten that there's still a long journey ahead. And the racism that you speak of, never went away. It just took a different shape. It camouflaged itself um, in some other arena. And so while it wasn't as blatant, what it is is basically whatever works. Okay, so racism didn't work in its obvious blatant form. So then it became institutionalized. 
Okay. So when it doesn't, and so when it's allowed to rear its ugly head and become more visible, it does, you know. But a lot of that is is more ignorance and a more um, insecurity than it is racism. It's about it's, it's about selfishness. It's about people trying to put themselves ahead of other people. And the best way they figure out they can do that is by being racist, you know. Um, but if we, you know, when we are smart enough and realize stuff, it's not all, it, it, you know, part of it is racism, but a lot of it has to do with economics. A lot of it has to do with um, valuing life, valuing our self-worth, you know. And the thing about it is what, uh, you know, Kathy comes back to it every time, every time, and she should, because we need to listen to her. It's about what God's plans are for us, you know. He's the prize. He's the one. So, so the, the problem is that we forget that. And the people that used to remind us about that, our church leaders, have put that aside. And, you know, and I know I'm going to make some people upset, but I'm challenging the church leaders because they were the ones that came forth during the civil rights movement and brought us further than we were. And they did their jobs, but someone else has to take it up. So we've got new church leaders. But what the problem has been is that they're so focused on achieving for themselves. You know, they, we got desegregated, and I, I talked to somebody else about this uh, about a week or so ago. We got desegregated and thought everything was all right, that the grass was greener over there, and we are going to go over there where the grass was greener. No, we, we, the thing is we should have valued what we had and, made, and improved upon what we had. That's what we needed to do, and that's what we need people to remind us of. And we don't have people that are reminding us because they've gotten so self-absorbed in the material stuff and, and looking good for other people and not what the real focus and the mission is. Because if they had, we wouldn't be where we are today. Having this discussion about a man that's got his and this is having fun um, in the White House at everybody else's expense. You know, we've got to refocus. We've got to realize he's just a man. There's a bigger and more important mission ahead of us, and we can't get that. You know what? What is mind-boggling to me, uh, Kathy, is is that I watched um, an individual um, say that he was a rich uh, uh, individual, rich black man, and he talked about how that the steps that Donald Trump were for him and that how he found it interesting that poor white Americans support administrations that they think will do detrimental things to people of color, not knowing that they're in that same boat with them. And how could economics makes us more equal than anything else? And so here we are in a situation where we have people who vote against their own interests uh, because they seeming believe that it puts them in a better position when they're in the same situation as those uh, that they're voting against. And that's the eyes that I want to open. I want to open the poor economic eyes of people 
to let them know and recognize that we need to support an administration that cares about the people that are at the bottom instead of trying to make all the decisions that keep the rich getting richer. And that recognizing that all of us need universal health care. All of us need to have rules that don't allow us to remain sick uh, because we had a pre-described uh, illness before we we got the insurance. And so I, I'm just amazed by that portion of white America who votes against itself, who keep people like Donald Trump rich, instead of recognizing the, that we should have uh, a $15 an hour minimum wage, a living wage, instead of just a minimum wage. You know, James, there's a passage in the word that says too much is given, much will be required. And I believe that every person has an opportunity to go after what it is that they desire. Uh, just like I'm going to use you as the example, okay, so you were at the point before you retired and you were, you know, like, what am I going to do? Okay, I'm going to retire. So after that, you said, okay, what am I going to do next? Okay, I want a radio station. You began that. And then I'm sure you wrote the book. I mean, so every person has that same opportunity. No one can hold you back but you. So those people out there that are claiming that they don't have an opportunity or they can't get uh, ahead, it, it's something wrong with them. They need to reevaluate where they are, you know, because every person has the same opportunity to gain and get what what is available to them. Education, I mean, it's free. If you want to go back to school and get a, a better education, it is free. So many people come from other countries and come over here and get educations, get degrees, go get all these jobs. I mean, why can't we do the exact same thing if we want it? Whatever we want, we will get. My sister always told me, she said, um, people do what people want to do. So if someone wants something bad enough, they will go and get it. So I can't say that it's because of the president that we don't have this or we don't have that. These changes have started to come way before him, and these changes are in effect way after he's going to be gone. It's still going to be other things that's coming up. So we need to tackle what we can tackle. And as a community leader, we need to go out and begin to talk to the people in the community to tell them about, hey, you can if you want to. These are resources here. If you want to make a difference, if you want to be a leader, you I mean, you can do it. We have to be the encouragers. There are some that are encouragers. There are others that are not. So we have to find out where we are and who we are. So I know that I'm an encourager. I know that when I get out amongst people, I encourage people. I don't even have to know them, but I can look at them and tell that there's something different. And we have to do that in order to find that person that's going to take the place of of our next coming president or whoever is supposed to go in the office. We have to go out and we have to seek. But as Gretchen said, this is only a season. 
just like when you plant a seed in the ground, you have to water it, you have to nurture it. This is only a season. And this too, as the Bible said, shall pass. Hello, Gretchen, are you there? James, are you on mute? I'm here. Um, So James James James. must have put his stuff on mute. (laughs) No, I'm sorry, guys. (laughs) Yeah. Let me me just reestablish that I'm just trying to be the individual who is looking to make sure that certain guidelines are followed and that we leave a legacy for those that are following us, that I've made it. Uh, Just like um, uh, Cassie said, I have retired. I have my little nest egg, and I'm trying to create something else, uh, something new and something fresh and something I can be extremely happy about. But I still be got to be concerned about those inmates who are following me who need a pass to citizenship. See, you know, we uh, worry only again about them immigrants, but we got some Americans who need a pass to citizenship. And so uh, I just want them to have a chance to be seen as viable and our college students to be seen as valuable and who who are seen as the browning of America being something that is acceptable and uh, something we look forward to. Uh, White America needs to give up on the thought that somehow it can survive, salvage the white America of the past, because it's time to accept the brown America of the future. Don't that sound good, uh, Gretchen? Well, I I would even venture to say that it doesn't have to be white, black, brown, or anything of any particular color. I think we need to establish a unified front. I think we need to be also a little bit more proactive in terms of how we deal with some things instead of reactive. I think that's that'll be more helpful in the future. I think we need to listen to each other, um, not only across ethnicities, but we also need to listen to each other across genders. We also need to listen to each other across uh, generational lines. There's things that young people are trying to say. Um, Parkland was a dynamic way of, of getting us to listen to the young people, but it should not have had to come to Parkland to get us to listen to young people. And then we have our seniors who are declining um, in in health, you know, physically and mentally, and we need to listen to them. We need to listen to them before they get to the stage where they don't, they can't give us the gifts that they have to offer anymore. So we need to come together and make it a place where everybody can contribute, and everybody can receive what is being offered 
you know, it, you know, it shouldn't be, you know, they got theirs, now it's time for me to get mine and all this type of stuff. We we need to be able to work together to make sure everybody's taken care of. And and that's what I uh, want to believe in. You know, one of the things that uh, I look so forward to one day there being a a white individual in our audience who can recognize that because we have a need to progress and move forward does not mean that we want to replace European Americans. We just want to coexist with them and be sit at the table and have the same slice of apple pie, American apple pie, that they have. We don't want to destroy America. We don't. We want America to remain what it is, just as much as they do, Kathy. Uh, we're not here trying to replace them. We want to coexist with them to make America better. And you know what, James? I have sit with them and ate pie and drink, drunk coffee and had a dinner and had great conversations. So, I mean, you know, we we as a people, we have to stop looking at the outer and start looking at the inner because everybody is not the same, you know. Um, again, to me, Donald Trump is just like a little two-year-old. You know how they say terrible twos? Um, they don't, they just do whatever they want to do, even though you tell them not to or you talk to them, you put them on timeout. To me, he's still a terrible two, you know, doing whatever he wants to do. And because he has the control to do that, he's doing it. I mean, but again, just pray for him, move on, and uh, fellowship with other people. You never know who you're going to run into. You're you're right, Um, and I've always been open to that. I've had a kind of experience uh, over my lifetime that has given me uh, some inside information that a lot of people don't have. I uh, once was the only black student at an all-white school, Uh, you know, so I was the first black to go to a certain elementary school here in Orange County. Uh, then I went had the experience of going to a mixed middle school, and then I went had the experience of going to a a predominantly black high school uh, because that's where my father had gone, and I wanted to be a Jones High School Tiger. Then I went to uh, a predominantly black college, and after that I became a roommate with a with a white guy in Virginia, and uh, I had that experience, and so I have understand I understand that white America can, a lot of white Americans are willing to allow us to coexist with them. But then I'm aware that there's a segment, Gretchen, uh, that is determined to try to to keep a stranglehold on the America of the past. Let me ask you this, James. Do you invite white people or people of other ethnicities to come and, and call into the show? Do you say, you know, I have this show, you know, and it, it airs at this time, and, you know, we talk about a variety of things, and while the show is primarily, uh, you know, I'm an African-American host, and we deal with primarily African-American issues, we would love to get 
other interaction from other people and get their perspective and, and you know, help create a dialogue. How much do you reach out really and invite those people in on a personal level? See, for me, um, you know, I mean, I, I am a part of some organizations and some uh, causes and stuff that are primarily African-American. But at the same time, I deal, I do a lot of interacting with, with a variety of other people. Um, my church uh, is, is very diverse. They have, you know, we have um, African-Americans, but we also have Caribbean-Americans. We have Hispanic-Americans. We have um, Haitian-Americans. And, and we have a variety of different people. And we managed to come together and and, and worship together, sing together, um, interact in, in other things. There, there's a prison ministry uh, at my church. We do uh, what they call a Sunday table where we feed the homeless. You know, and it's not it's not just a black thing and it's not just a white thing. It's we're all coming together because we know there's some hungry people that need to be fed out there. And there's some prisoners that need some help out there, you know, so – you know, it's a matter of kind of trying to push beyond the comfort level sometimes and, and extend the hand and extend the welcome and, and say, you know, come on, I'd like for you to, you know, uh, p- participate in this. Um, I, like you say, you know, you'd love to have them, but how far out have you reached? I, I'm just curious. I don't know what you've done. Um but, you know, the thing is, is that, yes, we all have issues, and once you discuss it, um, you find, you'd be surprised to find out how much the other person really does not know and understand about what it is that you're going through because they've not had to experience it. And I'm not just talking about black and white. I've even had discussions with friends of mine who are Caribbean-American um, that don't understand a lot about what African-Americans, you know, from this country have had to deal with because their experience was different. And once you got a chance to dialogue about it, then there was an understanding and you knew how to proceed from there. Uh, but sometimes you have to go the extra mile and have the hard discussions. And some, some people are not ready or willing or able to have those hard discussions. Well, certainly, um, I want there to be a time uh, that we are able to have those hard discussions. Uh, I really believe that um, there's there's more alike about who we are as people with other races of people, especially when we're in the same economic situation. But there are just some people who just deny uh, wanting to coexist with us. When we, Kathy, when you see that we can't go to the pool, like, I'm going to tell you the truth. If there, if somebody wants to get on the ugly side, ugly side of me, all I have to do is question my presence anywhere I go. And I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm saying, don't ask me things that you wouldn't ask other people because I ain't beholden to give it to you. If a policeman asks me for my identification, I'm going to give it to him because I believe police have the right uh, to ask for identification. But if you are just another person, another human being, and you question my presence wherever am I at, you are not going to get a favorable response. Uh, because I like going to the finer places. 
I like going to uh, – Kathy, you were here when I suggested you and your sister go to Winter Park and go to the cafe um, across from the park. You know what I'm saying? I, you know what I'm saying? I wanted you to see some things that I do uh, that are kind of out of the norm, and that's why I suggested uh, you take that little boat ride. But if somebody would have questioned – our presence there, or had I gone to the boat ride with you all and somebody questioned, they would not get a favorable response. And those are the kinds of things I'm trying to say that Americans, African-Americans and people of color have fought too hard and too long to be able to go anywhere their pocket would let them, that they shouldn't be questioned by some white American who assumes that they have done what is necessary to stay away from people of color. You know what? That that trip, I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's because I don't like water like that, and I I'm afraid that in out in that water anything can jump and get me, and I I don't know how to swim, so. I, I, I don't, but I we went on it, and it was, you know, it was nice to go and view and see. But other than that, um, I don't like water like that. But um, well, well, what about Winter Park, the little cafe on the uh, on the city street? I am so disappointed, Kathy. No, I didn't like it because that's just how I am. I don't like water. You can ask anybody. They try to get me to go on cruises and everything, and I'm not going. <laughs> I just do not like water like that. I, I don't want to be out in no water and nothing happening. And I know that God is going to protect me, but, hey, that's one of the things me and him talk about all the time, that I don't like water like that. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I understand totally what you're talking about when you go places and how, you know, you get a certain look about why uh, why are you here. But sometimes, you know, we overreact and overthink things as uh, African Americans. You know, we go we go in a place or an establishment already with our mindset that if they say something to me, then I'm going to say something back to them. So sometimes we got to change our mindset. As a person, you know, because people are not always looking to attack us, looking to question us. But if you go into a place looking crazy, then, of course, you're going to be questioned, you know, why are you here or or what is that or it doesn't look right. And then there are some ignorant people that, um, like someone says, that are racist and and that's just what they do. We, We we can't help those people, you know. They're they're there. They're there just because. But there are, are still other people out there that are willing to help and want to embrace us even the more. You know, we need to begin to e- embrace one another as a, as a black race. We need to embrace us ourselves first, and then we can embrace other people. Yeah, you know, but I, as I look back, uh, I guess what gets my goat occasionally is that you're right. We run across that one person who treats us outside the norm. Uh, like uh, Gretchen, I have—I don't know the last time that I pulled out my credit card and somebody asked me for my ID. And to me, all those are triggers 
because most of the time when you pull out your credit card, nobody asks you for ID. Uh, they do for uh, checks, but I don't even have checks anymore. And so it is just that response or abnormal reaction that you get when people treat you unfairly that has become commonplace or become more of a possibility during this Donald Trump administration. I was listening to what you said earlier, and I thought about um, another occasion. I know you were talking about the pool, but I thought about another occasion where there was a a young African lady who was a student at Smith College, um, one of the Ivy League colleges that was sitting out on campus uh, reading or studying or whatever, and um, she had someone called the authorities on her or whatever because she looked, quote, unquote, out of place. You know, so, yeah, I mean, and, yeah, those are things that, that get me to in everything. But then you got to look at, okay, uh, and for for uh, African-American person, um, unfortunately, that's part of the experience. For her, coming directly from Africa, that was not something she was accustomed to at all, you know. So um, we got to watch how we, we digest these experiences. And, and like Kathy said, sometimes, sometimes, not all, sometimes we overreact. But here's the thing. We've got, you know, you got you got to, as much as possible, you know, put as much stuff in God's hands as possible, okay? Um, and and it, because otherwise you keep, you know, like they said, the saying says, let go and let God. Well, sometimes you, you let it go and then you pull it back. So you're not letting God do his thing with it. When you go to a restaurant or you go to a hotel or you go to something that you you may look out of place, out of place on, until somebody calls it to your attention, don't worry about it. Just go and enjoy the experience. They're not worried about it. You know, people go to places all the time for the experience and have a good time. And unfortunately, we seem to be the only ones that are caught up and worried about what other people think about us being there instead of enjoying the experience. We work as hard, if not harder than anybody else, trying to stretch our little bitty unfair dollars because we don't get the same amount like as you say a lot like I, like you said James and I agree a lot of this is more economics than, than it is racism um, but we're stretching our, our, our little bitty dollars you know trying to have a, a great experience and so as much as we can as much as is within us and as much as other people will allow we should go and enjoy that experience and not be waiting and looking around the corner for the next um, confrontation or, or um, you know, snide remark or cold shoulder or whatever the case may be. Because I can only control me. I can't control you. Now, you know, we may something may happen and we have to deal with it then. But let's just deal with it when it occurs. You know, let's do maybe do the preventative things, you know, uh, on all sides. Let's do the preventative things to keep those un- unfair and unpleasant situations from occurring. And let's just enjoy what, what the good things that God has put out there for us until we have to have that confrontation. And then when we have that confrontation, 
you know, on a rare occasion because it doesn't happen as much as it used to. And like I said, like like Kathy said, sometimes we we tend to overreact, and, and so we got to work work on not blowing some stuff out of proportion. But when we have it, let's deal with it in the Christian and civilized manner that we're supposed to deal with it in. All right, we're going to take a a, a break, and we'll come back and give uh, everyone an opportunity to say their final thoughts. Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 
Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time and Sunday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. I'm here so that your voice can have a place to be heard loud and clear without interruption. Call in at 657-383-0309 so we can talk about what is going on in our world today. Uh, Gretchen, what is your final thought this evening? Well, James, thank you for allowing me to uh, speak my piece on here. And, um, you know, thank you, Kathy and, and Dee, for what you contributed. Really appreciate that. Really appreciate that, especially Kathy. I appreciate you bringing the spiritual perspective to this, James. Maybe it is your job, maybe, to just continue to sound the gong about uh, the president. And and if that if that's what your role is, that's good. And not saying that we're not listening because we are. Because we if we weren't, we wouldn't you know continue to call in and then have these discussions and and go out amongst our our family, friends, and acquaintances and have these discussions. And we wouldn't continue to to watch what's going on on the television and uh, listen on uh, radio and and um, you know internet. But I think, like I said, we got to keep in mind that, you know, he's playing the game and that is winning him what he wants and, you know, we're buying into it. We have to kind of do a little bit more balanced approach in terms of how we deal with our, the commander-in-chief. We have to hold him accountable, most assuredly. We can't be perceived as being complacent, um, but we've got to hold him accountable. But at the same time, we've got to be forward thinking and looking down the road and planning because whether it's, you know, tomorrow that he's gone, in two years that he's gone, in four, six, eight years, whatever, when he's gone, somebody's got to come after him and we've got to make sure that it's the right person. You're so right. And I want there to be some type of leadership uh, that appears uh, before the American body as a whole uh, to do what they need to do. I was a huge Hubert Humphrey fan, and I wanted him to win every time he ran for president. It never did happen. But I don't care who the leader is, be he black or white, uh, Hispanic or Asian, as long as I can um, feel good about what they are trying to do with our country. Uh, Cassie, your final thought this evening? My final thought is going to be that I will continue to pray for our president, but I am going to actually bring you into the prayer that I have for the president, that you will get a better understanding of what is going on, that God will give you even insight, that he would open your eyes to see even beyond where we are, that even as you come on the talk show, that God will reveal to you the revelation of what's going on so that when we talk, we do talk about Donald Trump, and hopefully it's not every day, that you would have even a more insight, that it will be gentleness, that it will be humbleness when you speak of him and talk about what God has revealed to you, because God is going to reveal some things to you so that as you go forth, you will have a different perspective of where we are and how God is the one that's in control. 
I thank you. I love you. And thank you, Gretchen, for those comments. Thank you, D. I love you guys. Have a blessed evening. Bye-bye. Well, Kathy, just know that we embrace you. And, uh, you know, there always has to be somebody that keeps you grounded. And I don't mind you being that individual, either you or Kathy, because uh, I got to get on my soapbox. Uh, D, your 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 thought, your final thought? Yeah, I apologize. I had to step away, uh, and I was kind of glad that you I was still on the air. Uh, to Miss uh, to Miss Gresham's point, I want to add that uh, we don't know uh, what your calling is uh, concerning this matter. Um, I'm and to Miss Kathy's point of view, um, you know, me being a believer that I am, and I am. Um, the, the broad spectrum of God's plan We really don't know what that is We can only hope What we would like for it to be uh, So in the broader Spectrum of what uh, what Prophecy speaks of uh, We're not really sure Where we are in, in that In that profile uh, In that um, I do want to say That it's, it's kind of Good to still keep Our, our awareness at a orange level, if you will, if not red, because the fact of the matter is there's a there's a an orangutan personality in the Oval Office, and he has a tendency to divert attention away from himself. And in all of that, it's no it's no real telling where that attention will be diverted to. In that, um, prayer is needed uh, across the spectrum. And so I think that it's, it's, it's good for us to be aware of where we are in the space of time and, and giving all credit and honor to God to see us through it all. I think that's, the, that's my proper uh, take on, on the situation at this time. Thank you. All right, guys, I just want to, again, appreciate the fact that in my absence, you all didn't get complacent and that as soon as I returned, uh, there were people who were, were here to to uh, have a conversation with me. And that's the kind of support that I need and that this show needs because we uh, can't allow others to talk for us. We have to talk for ourselves. And it, it is just so wonderful to know that the people are prepared and ready uh, to push uh, this show forward uh, to the place that it deserves because every ethnic group needs a mouthpiece and thoughts, love, and reflection wants to be the mouthpiece of of people of color, but also wants to be prepared to listen to those outside the group. Unlike uh, those other uh, conservative talk shows, I know that white America has its place too. And I just want to merge the so that we can coexist and we can all have what is the desires of our heart. And I know that those who call in uh, who are part of the audience now uh, is of that same way. We are openly desiring all people to call in and let's talk about it because we want America to be what it was built to be but for everybody and not for one group of individuals. Take care, everybody, and I'll see you tomorrow 
at 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Thoughts, Love, and Reflection. You could not treat anyone else the way you've treated me related to paying your rent on time.